Hello, friends. Welcome, welcome. So glad you're here. Today I'm chatting with my friend Mary Morantz, and I just love Mary. She's just so wise, and she is the author of multiple books. She's a podcaster, and we're chatting about the state of Iowa. I asked her, what do you think of when you think of Iowa? And she immediately named the event that we're going to be discussing today. So let's dive into this episode, which I like to call Iowa Musical Chairs. I'm Sharon McMahon, and welcome to the Sharon Says So podcast. Oh, Mary, I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for making time to do this. Oh my gosh, Sharon, are you kidding me? Like I would not be anywhere else. Any (laughs) excuse to get to hang out with you, I'm here 100%. That's so nice. I am glad that I carved out a small amount of time in between the 72 books that you are writing. Tell uh, it's everybody basically what I'll be doing for the next hundred years. <laughs> That's right. 140 years of book writing. That's right. You just wrapped up the manuscript for your second book. If mm. people don't know who Mary Morantz is, tell everybody who you are and what you do. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like we could talk about this for like days. We're both tall girls. We both were those (laughs) weird girls in grade school. We could go into like, that's really the real answer to who Mary is. But the short version that we'll just serve for now is I grew up in a single wide trailer in rural West Virginia on the very top of a mountain called Fenwick Mountain. My dad and eight generations deep in our family, he is, and they were loggers in the West Virginia mountains. I was the first in my immediate family to go to college and I ended up going to Yale Law School. And so my first book, Dirt, you know, in a short way, it's humble means to the Ivy League, but that story has been told about a hundred different ways. Really what I like to tell people is it's a story about making peace with your past and the parts of your story that you think disqualify you. I love that. We'll talk more about your upcoming book in a minute, but I have a story I want to share with you. Oh, I cannot wait. (laughs) I cannot wait. (laughs) So today we're going to talk about something that makes Iowa super unique. Okay. When you hear Iowa mentioned, what immediately comes to mind? Mm. The Iowa caucuses. Yeah. I want to talk about those today because that is one of the things, aside from farming, what people think of when they think of Iowa. What is it? Why do we have it? What is the story behind it? What are y'all doing in that high school gymnasium? (laughs) You know, like, I don't get it. Why are there How much pressure can you put on people? Like what's unacceptable? Yeah. (laughs) Yes. I don't get it. So let's dive in to Iowa musical chairs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I want to set the stage about what a caucus is. I know that you probably know, but just to get everybody on the same page in this context, a caucus actually just means a gathering of friends. That is the actual technical definition, Mm. but in this kind of political sense, what it means is an alternative to a primary election. It is a way Mm -hmm. for states to express their preference for a presidential candidate. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk most specifically about the Democratic caucuses in Iowa. I'll touch on the Republican ones, but the Democratic ones, you're going to be like, say what now? (laughs) First of all, like, can we just talk about why it's caucuses and not caucusi? I feel like that, like, did they have a caucus to decide that? I don't Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. 
In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. First of all, this idea that Iowa is first, right? Mm. Like that is the deal. Like they're straight out of the gate. They're the earliest players in this early presidential race situation. And people want to know why is it because Iowa is super important in some way. And in reality, Iowa is a great state, but it's not first because it's important, it's important because it's first. A hundred percent. Yes. And yes. have they always been first? No. Mm. In fact, they were not first until 1972. No way. They actually made a concerted effort to be first mm. after the disastrous 1968 Democratic National Convention. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to 1968 okay. in which the Vietnam War is the hot topic mm-hmm. of the country. The Vietnam War is literally ripping the fabric of America apart. The amount of protests, the amount of demonstrations, in many cases, the protests were turning violent. We, of course, had JFK being assassinated early in the 1960s, Lyndon yep. Johnson ascending to the presidency because he had been JFK's vice president. Early 1968, he had been intending to run for re-election. In fact, he was like, yeah, I'm going to run for mm. re-election. And then when Robert Kennedy, mm-hmm. Bobby Kennedy, mm-hmm was thinking about running for president, Lyndon Johnson felt like, I don't think I can run against the brother of the dead president. Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do it. So he decided that he was going to withdraw from the Democratic primary system. He's going to not run for president again. And so that then left this big vacuum in the Democratic Party of who would be the nominee. Earlier in 1968, RFK was assassinated mm-hmm. and Martin Luther King was assassinated. Additionally, Malcolm X had already been assassinated. Like it is difficult to overstate the amount of civil unrest that was yeah. happening in the late 1960s. We think it's all like Woodstock and weed smoking and like yeah. hippies. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. our vision of it. But yeah. in reality, it was an incredible amount of turmoil. You know, like Martin Luther King was only in his late thirties, mm. had already won a Nobel prize For him to be assassinated, the world truly just did not believe it. Mm. There is a very good chance that Lyndon Johnson 
regretted exiting the Democratic race for president after Bobby Kennedy was shot. He, you know, had not wanted to run against him. And then once he was out of the picture, there's a lot of evidence that shows that he was strongly looking for a way to like, how do I get back in there? Like, how Mm -hmm. do I say, actually, I do want to run. Right. Mm -hmm. And he devised this plan, allegedly, where he was going to go negotiate a deal related to the Cold War and a bunch of stuff about the Soviet Union. And then he was going to return from this trip, land in Chicago, where the Democratic National Convention was happening, and then cross his fingers that despite the fact that he didn't campaign, that they were going to hand him the nomination again. That was what many historians think he was secretly hoping to do. Now, of course, we already have a very strong idea of who the nominee will be heading into the convention, right? Like there aren't surprises anymore, but that's not how it used to be. It used to be like, oh, really? You chose John Tyler as the vice president? Oh, Oh, interesting. You know what I mean? Mm. It it used to be much more about the convention. Interesting. So things did not really go quite as planned for Lyndon Johnson with the Soviet Union. And obviously he did not get the nomination, but he had importantly made a deal with Chicago mayor Daly. There was so much political unrest and he was very, very concerned about the optics of how it was going to look to have violent protests outside of the Democratic Convention. So he said to Daly, listen, we will have the convention here in Chicago, but man, you have got to get this thing on lockdown. Like we want max level security. There's going to be TV cameras everywhere. Live TV was kind of a new thing. Yeah, It was, you know what I mean? Like they were very concerned about what could happen on live TV. Yeah. So he said, security level 100, please. That is what we need, including on the convention floor. Mm. So the Chicago police were everywhere around the convention center and they hired a private security firm to work inside the convention in Chicago. Okay. And you can watch interviews with some of the delegates that were there uh, about what the environment was like inside the Democratic convention. There was even a very famous event that happened during the convention. The private security inside of the convention center told the delegates once you're in here, you can't leave. Like, you know, like you need permission to leave. And one person who was a delegate from Georgia was like, I need to use the restroom. I'm leaving. And the private security was like, no, you're not. You're not allowed to leave. Wow. And that person was like, um, I'm a free citizen. I'm a delegate. You see my button? This is yes. delegate. I am going to the restroom. Like I am Why not. Why do I picture to- there being like ribbons? And yes. Like-, like a big Georgia button that said yeah. delegate. Literally <laughs> this private security company was like, nope, you're out of here. You're getting kicked out of the convention. And the person was like, who are you? You can't kick me out. I am a delegate. <laughs> And so Dan Rather, who was a reporter at the time, didn't anchor the news, and he was on live TV, and he is trying to ask this delegate, what's going on? He saw this kerfuffle taking place, and Dan Rather made his way over to this delegate and was like, sir, sir, what's your name? What's going on, sir? And one of the private security officers punched Dan Rather super hard in the solar plexus and like knocked him to the ground. (laughs) 
on live TV. What? They punched Dan Rather, Mary. Oh, my God. First of all, <laughs> you said solar plexus, and all I can think of is Miss Congeniality sing <laughs> solar plexus in step nasal cavity crawling. <laughs> That's not what Dan Rather sang. <laughs> but I wow. mean, can you imagine? a private security company punching a reporter on the floor of the national convention wow. on live television. Wow. So they eventually, because they had footage, they eventually found the person that did it and like brought them back to Dan rather and was like, we found the person who did it. Do you want to press charges? And Dan rather was like, listen, there are bigger stories than this. Like I don't <laughs> want time to get involved in some kind of criminal situation. I'm fine. <laughs> but it is noteworthy that Dan rather got punched in the solar plexus and kept on going and kept on going. Yeah. And it is also just a small taste of what the turmoil was like and how tightly security was trying to grasp a handful of sand. Like the tighter they grasped, the more grains fell through their fingers and the less control they had over the situation. The more tightly they tried to control, the more people erupted. One person talked about how you have to give people room to say their piece Mm. or there will be no peace. Yeah. You know, at the time, all these protesters, demonstrators, they were being beaten up by the police. This was not just a, like, you guys stay on that side of the line. They were actively being arrested, beaten up, etc. Some of them were not being particularly um, law-abiding mm. or compliant, throwing bags of very inappropriate substances that nobody would want thrown on them. Lots of tear gas involved. At one point, the protesters outside the convention had their own little faux nominating convention in which they decided to nominate a pig to be the president, <laughs> like an actual live animal. And so this is all happening on national live TV and the Democratic Party is absolutely beside themselves mm. of like, this is not going as planned at all. Mm. And here we thought we were going to have like a nice, tight, orderly convention, and we're not. So one of the big things that people in the Democratic Party, citizens, wanted from this convention was they wanted an anti-war resolution. Mm. The majority of the people in the party at the time were very against the Vietnam War. Yeah. And they wanted that public declaration of mm we are against the war, we will end the war if we are elected, etc. Mm. And ultimately, the party failed to adopt that resolution. And Hubert Humphrey won the nomination for the Democratic mm. candidate. He had been the vice president. And he had made promises to people that he would say on the convention floor, I will end the war. And ultimately he did not say that. And when wow. that didn't happen, it just continued to add oxygen on the fire of yeah. what was happening outside the convention. A lot of people felt like his nomination was real shady, that Hubert Humphrey had not been out there campaigning. He had not been out there on the primary ballots. They felt like it was backroom wheeling and dealing that got mm -hmm. him that nomination. Yeah. So the fact that Iowa has the earliest caucus mm. in the country 
is because of the 1968 Democratic Convention. No way. They formed a commission after the convention Mm. where they were like, we are going to look into this situation because (laughs) how did we get Hubert Humphrey as a candidate? Mm. How did we not have an anti-war resolution? How did things go so awry that we lost the trust of Americans? Mm. How can we be more transparent in the future? How can we improve the process so that Americans feel like what they're voting for or what they're doing actually makes a difference? Because right now, clearly based on the behavior of the people outside this convention nobody believes that Mm -hmm. the democrats got together and decided based on this commission the mcgovern commission that they were going to redo a lot of the rules about how nominations would be made for their party so they get together come up with these new sets of rules 1968 1969 iowa was like well listen here we have the situation in which we caucus we have a first caucus and then we have a second caucus and then we have a third cockeye caucus (laughs) and then we have a state caucus (laughs) and we have rules that say there have to be 30 days in between each one of these things Mm -hmm. and additionally it's going to take us a long time to make all of the ballots because (laughs) literally they had a super old mimeograph machine okay okay and they were like it is going to take a long time (laughs) to print all those ballots we got to start early wow and so everybody was like yeah i guess iowa you do have to start early because you got this real convoluted system and an old mimeograph machine (laughs) (laughs) mimeograph for all the youngsters listening, is a precursor to a copy machine. It's not mm. as fast as a copy machine. It was not it as blue. Was yeah, it like the blue yeah, deal. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not as good as a copy machine. <laughs> but literally, the reason Iowa is first is because they use a caucus system, and we'll talk about what that means in a minute. And they have all these rounds of caucusing. And they had an old machine, and it was going to take them a long time to print all the different ballots. We have all had embarrassing moments where something didn't smell quite right. And if you have any children or people in your lives who have stinky toes, stinky feet, and those stinky shoes pile up by the door of your house, and then when people come over, they're like, um, your house smells weird. There's a solution for that, and it is not necessarily spraying down your house with disinfectant. It is taking care of the smell at the source by using Lumi on places like the people in your house's stinky feet. It is a whole body deodorant. It is safe to use anywhere on your body. It was created by a doctor who saw firsthand how stinky feet and other body parts are often misdiagnosed as problems when in reality you could just use a product like Lumi and it would take care of the issue. It has been clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, a cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice like mini body wash and deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, 
new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code SHARON at LumiDeodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit LumiDeodorant.com and use code SHARON. We hear from a lot of interesting people on this podcast, and I know that I am always hungry for more. And what if you could learn from the world's best all in one place? Guess what? You can. With Masterclass, you can learn from the best to become your best. Masterclass is the only streaming platform where you can learn and grow with over 200 of the world's best instructors. For just $10 a month, an annual membership with Masterclass gets you unlimited access to every instructor. And you can access Masterclass on your phone, your computer, your smart TV, even in audio modes. You can listen to it like a podcast. I know that when I watch Doris Kearns Goodwin, that first of all, I'm going to be getting fantastic information, that the production level is going to be incredible. And then I'm going to walk away feeling smarter and more informed than I was before. Right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off any annual membership at masterclass.com slash Sharon. That's 15% off at masterclass.com slash Sharon. Masterclass.com slash Sharon. The show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress in our life. Absolutely. It's unavoidable. It's just part of the human experience. But some of us have more than others, and some of us handle it better than others. Some of us really keep it bottled up, and it can start to affect us negatively. I would imagine at some point in your life, you can relate to this, right? And therapy is a safe space to be able to get some of these things off your chest. And that is why so many people find benefit in speaking to a qualified professional. If you're thinking about starting therapy for something like managing your stress, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Sharon today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Sharon. Starting in 1972, hmm. that is when the rules went into place. Iowa was designated as y'all get to be first. Mm. You get to be first because you have all these extra factors. So let's talk about what a caucus is for people <laughs> who don't know, who are like, I don't, what is all, what's a caucus? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Before you even give this answer though, I have to say every year when I watch with reporters from big stations trying to, I don't feel like, like most people know what this is. <laughs> no. So this is specific to the Democratic Party in Iowa. And there is a different process for Republicans. First of all, Iowa has 99 counties. And within each of their counties, they have these designated caucus locations. There are mm -hmm. over 1,600 of them, 1,678 caucus locations. And they can be like a school gym, a public library. Sometimes they are in people's houses. <laughs> okay. First of all, you have to be a registered Democrat to be able to participate in the Democratic caucus. 
but otherwise there's no criteria. Anyone can caucus as long as you're a citizen, you're going to be 18 by the general election and you registered member of the party. That's the criteria. You show up at your caucus location and they have signs in the different corners of the room for the different candidates. So they might have in one corner, a sign that says Mary Morantz mm. and in another corner, Sharon McMahon. And in another corner, we might have Severus Snape and, <laughs> and over here, we might have Minnie Mouse. You know what I mean? Like there's literal signs in the corner. And then they say to everybody, okay, um, let's go ahead and caucus everybody go. And you literally walk over and stand by the sign of the person you want to vote for. You go stand in the corner, uh, Minnie Mouse. And then they look around and they're like, okay, here we go. Let's count. Let's count it up. In this scenario, let's say that there's a hundred people in the room. You have 34 votes. Let's say I have like 30 votes and Minnie Mouse gets 14 votes and Severus Snape gets 10 votes. And let's say there's also a corner that has like Frodo in it (laughs) and they get 12 votes, right? Yeah. They go around, they count everybody and they're like, well, Sharon and Mary are definitely it because they have over 15% of the Mm. vote. They're definitely in. And now they have to figure out what to do with Minnie and Frodo and Snape because none of them got 15% of the vote. Mm, Yeah. So now- People literally get a set amount of time to walk around the room (laughs) and try to convince other people to come stand by them, literally. So by the way, the people who already stood by you and stood by me, because we have over 15% of the vote, they're locked and loaded. In fact, you could go home. You don't get to change your vote. Okay. You're done. You don't get to walk around. You don't get to try to change your vote. Like you voted for Mary. You're staying with Mary. And now they have a system where you would then fill out a little card being like, I voted for Mary Morantz. Here's my name as well. It used to be they had no paper trail. Wow. At all. It was literally like you had to see it with your eyeballs or you are SOL. I have so many questions. Okay. (laughs) Let me just, just rapid fire. First of all, are there official counters? Mm-hmm. Are there people who come and check those counters? How do we know there's not like shadiness happening at the counting level? That's my first two questions. My third question is, can there not be any like, oh, I not only have 15%, I have 25%. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to keep my 15% and the extra 10% I'm going to then like loan to my friend. Okay. So here's the answer to your question. There are official counters and they rely on everyone in the room being like an eyewitness to the idea because all of the numbers are published. Now they publish three sets of numbers. They count everybody and they say, here is what happened after the first round. Now, everybody who voted for me and you, because we have over 15%, their votes cannot change. Mm. Everybody who got less than 15% of the vote, all of the people can try to convince them, come stand over here by Minnie Mouse. Here Mm. is why you should vote for her. She has the cutest white high heels. Come over here. You know what I mean? (laughs) And if they can get enough people to come stand by Minnie Mouse in the second round, then Minnie can stay in. And this is my question. The people who are in the 15% and over, shouldn't there be a chance for them to be swayed over to other sides or for them to try to sway enough people so that 
there are no more 15% people. Mm -hmm. So all of that swaying that happens, first of all, most of it happens before they even take the first round. There are people who are there at the beginning who are giving speeches of like, please come stand by Mary. Here is why you should vote for Mary. And the people who, when I say they can go home, they can go home. They don't have to go home. Mm. It's not a, like you must leave now, but you don't get to change your vote. That is Mm. part of the Iowa rules. It's changed over time, but now the Iowa rules are because they want to streamline it. They wanted to make the process more efficient. Once you have voted and you are with a candidate who has received greater than 15% of the vote, you don't get to change your vote. Mm. Only people who are aligning with a candidate who has less than 15% of the vote gets to move around the room in a game of Iowa musical chairs on the second round of caucusing. Yeah. So people literally get about a half an hour to walk around and try to convince other people, Hey, you should really come stand by Snape. And other people are like, heck no, look at his costume. Get out of here. You know what I mean? His costume is trash. They get to have their 30 minutes of saying their piece about why other people should come stand by them instead. And then they say, okay, let's do it. And they make everybody go stand by who they want to stand by for the second round. And then they count again. And then that's it. Wow. Do you have any statistics on how many people come to the caucus undecided? Undecided, I don't know, Mm. but the Iowa voters do tend to be proud of Mm. the fact that they want somebody to try to convince them of why they should earn their vote. Mm. This idea that you need to convince me, it's your job to earn my vote. Right. For the Democratic Party in Iowa, it ends up being a couple hundred thousand people out of the entire state that comes to these types of caucuses. So then they publish the results and they publish the results of the first round and of the second round. And then they do some kind of additional level of mathematical calculation (laughs) in which they publish a final number of what percentage of delegates a candidate would earn. Right. Okay. That's just the first round, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) Then a month later, They have a congressional district caucus. Then a month later, they have a state-level caucus. Then from there, some of those state-level delegates will head to the national convention. Wait, I'm so confused. What is changing between those going to the district and then going to the state level? Like, are the same voters going out and doing it again? Or it's like their representatives are now doing it? How does that work? Out of the original caucus, a certain number of delegates are selected. Okay. And and it is very easy to understand, and it is very straightforward, as one can see. Mm. Uh, a certain number of delegates are selected, and so all of those delegates then move on to the congressional district caucus. They go through a similar process, wow. and then a smaller number heads to the state level. Out of the many, many, many hundreds or even thousands, depending on the year, of delegates that they begin with, they will narrow it down to a pool of around 41 delegates that will head to the national convention. And then are those delegates at the national convention free to go rogue? Yes, (laughs) they are free to go rogue. And they also have reserved eight 
super delegates. <laughs> and so when you hear on the news, you're like, super delegate, what now? Yeah. Those are delegates who have not pledged to vote for anybody and nobody knows who they're going to vote for. Mm-hmm. And they go into the national convention and will just vote for who they see fit. And so those super delegates are wild cards. The way that somebody actually secures the nomination of their party is based on the number of delegate votes they get at the convention. We think it's just like, yay, it's Mary. (laughs) Isn't her lipstick is so great. No, you still have to earn all the votes. Mm. Now it is more of a foregone conclusion, you know, heading into a convention. It's more of a foregone conclusion who the nominee will be. Even in the 1960s, it was not a foregone conclusion. You sometimes went into the convention and they were like, oh, really? Mm. Oh, interesting. Humphrey? Huh. I didn't know he was going to get picked. And now we we have such a good idea of Mm. who the Democratic nominee and who the Republican nominee will be, right? Like we don't have surprises anymore. But at the time, these conventions were not just about the TV shows. Now conventions are like, and then Bob gave a very moving speech. (laughs) And then (laughs) Sam said some things that I'll repost on Instagram. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's what it is now. But at the time, those speeches were actually meant to try to sway delegates to vote for a specific candidate. And we don't really have that anymore. Listen, I know if you pick up any kind of beauty magazine or you follow an influencer, there's like a new skincare product every single day of the week, and it can be really difficult to know which ones to even try, like which one is worth your money. And if you're tired of cycling through ineffective skincare trends and overcomplicated routines, you might be excited to know that one of today's sponsors is OneSkin. Their products make it easy to keep your skin healthy. No complicated routines, just simple, scientifically validated solutions. The secret is OneSkin's proprietary OS1 peptide. It's the first ingredient proven to switch off the aging cells that cause lines, wrinkles, and thinning skin. I especially like the eye cream. It's not too thick where you feel like it's going to clog all your pores, but it goes on really, really nicely under makeup. For a limited time, you'll get an exclusive 15% off your first OneSkin purchase using the code SHARON when you check out at oneskin.co. That's O-N-E-S-K-I-N dot C-O. Try OneSkin and enjoy younger, healthier skin without all the extra steps. That's oneskin.co, code SHARON. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. 
Okay, so here's my next question. Does Iowa have it in their law that made them first and made them a caucus? The date of our first caucus shall always be one week before any other primary. Yes. Any other state. Yes. Like, is New Hampshire, like, gunning for that spot? <laughs> Well, New Hampshire, yeah, New Hampshire has the first primary. New Hampshire doesn't have a caucus. By the way, Nevada this year passed a law saying, actually, (laughs) we're going to be the first primary. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Nevada wants to be the first. And to answer your question, yes, it is a rule that they want to be first. Mm. Additionally, the national party says they have to be first. And if another state passes a law trying to come before them, then they get fewer delegates at the actual national convention. So if if Rhode Island comes along and is like, actually, we're first guys, get out of here with your dumb rule. We're first. The national convention is like, fine, you get fewer votes then. Less the goal of like protecting Iowa's status as first. But why? Why does the party care so much? Is it purely because so many eyes are on it because it is so unusual? It is now. It has become this like symbol of Mm -hmm. the early political races, the political returns. And now it has become something that candidates know that they need to pump money into. So for example, in the 2020 Democratic caucus in Iowa, candidates spent $50 million on ads, Mm -hmm. just the Democratic candidates, because when you have an incumbent president, you don't have the same level of, you know, caucusing. It's assumed they're the nominee. You don't go Mm -hmm. through the same process. So the Democratic of course, we're trying to come up with a candidate to run against the incumbent president. And they spent $50 million doing that. By the way, Joe Biden did not win the Iowa caucus, right? Pete Buttigieg did. Mm. So the Iowa caucus is not even super great at predicting who will become the president. Obama did win. Mm. And also Jimmy Carter famously won the Iowa Mm. caucus. And that was how he really gained enough momentum to ascend to the presidency. You know what I mean? (laughs) But because Jimmy Carter had that kind of folksy style of like, Mm. I am a peanut farmer. I can relate to you. That played very well in Iowa. Mm. And what appeals to Iowa voters is different than what appeals to a Los Angeles voter. Yeah. Right. That's right. So they now protect it because it is seen as a tradition. It allows candidates with early momentum to continue the race. And by the way, sometimes the Iowa caucuses are happening in January or February and the election is in November. Wow. And so by the time some later states get around to their primary election in like August, almost all the candidates have dropped out. That was us in Connecticut. That was us. There was one actual candidate left uh, by the time we got to our primary. You have a late primary? Yeah, we were August this last year. Yeah. Yeah. So some people who have late primaries feel like I don't even get a choice. Where is my choice? Why does Iowa get all the choices and I get none of the choices? In the Republican caucus in Iowa, it's all just secret ballot. (laughs) (laughs) There is no like stand by Severus Snape and then like, okay, round two, walk around and convince people. Here you go. It's definitely a square dance in your head, isn't (laughs) it? Yes, that's right. It absolutely is. Now it's time to move around the room. That's right. (laughs) 
get people about for sharing. Here so listen, like, here's my thought to you. And like, I would love to hear you sit, like, talk about this. To what extent do you feel like the secret ballot is actually crucial to democracy? Like, to what mm. extent do you feel like peer pressure, especially in a community that is prioritizing gathering and neighbors and doing life together? And this mm -hmm. is why we love our caucus or caucusing, whatever. <laughs> um, to what extent do you feel like? People are not able to vote their mind because they're going to have to see mm. their neighbor at church or whatever. Mm. And, you know, just sort of like that high school mentality of you have to come mm. sit at my table. Mm -hmm. It's such an interesting question. And if you go back to the beginning of the United States, voting was a very social activity mm. and they used caucusing from the very beginning. There were no secret ballots. A lot of voting was done at taverns. And it was a very, very public, raucous. Um, yeah, raucous. I yeah. was a raucous caucus, <laughs> <laughs> and there was a lot of drinking. And the candidate would stand outside and be like, "Can I buy you a drink?" Are you kidding? And that would be like them asking for their vote, and then people wow. would go inside and be like, "Who's voting for Bob?" <laughs> You know what I mean? And people would be like, I am. And they would lift up their glass <laughs> of ale, literally. So that is how voting started in the United States. Wow. Obviously, were they excluding all people of color and all women? Of course, mm. they absolutely were. And were they excluding people who did not have any financial wealth? Yes. So who could vote at the beginning was very different. And so yeah. have we evolved significantly as a democracy in which we would hope to have a different set of values than we began with in many cases? Yeah. I think that's mm -hmm. also fair to say that yeah. just because we started something one way does not mean that that is how we should continue. Yeah. I do see what you're saying that the secret ballot is, it's an important thing that we hold sacrosanct. And yet a few states still cling to the square dance uh, <laughs> caucus. <laughs> the raucous caucus. The raucous caucus. <laughs> I, love, I love this quote too, at the head of the Iowa Democratic Party. He said, the real reason we're first in the nation now is because of what we do. We take this real seriously. Mm. And they go on to say that you know, we ask really good questions. We ask follow-up questions. We look a candidate in the eye, like I'm looking at you right now. They're saying this mm. to an interviewer. It's real. It's one-on-one -on -one vetting of candidates. We ask, are you for real? Not mm. a TV spot, but what's in your heart? <laughs> and that's wow. how Iowa views themselves. They mm. view themselves as being these great judges of character great yeah. judges of candidates. And, you know, one of the other criticisms of allowing Iowa to go first is that they're not representative of the country as a whole. Iowa is 90% white mm. and the caucus system does by its very nature tend to be a little bit more exclusive. It tends to prioritize people who can take the time off of work That's right. or who can find childcare or who are literally willing to stand in a stranger's home yeah. for a couple of hours moving to different corners of the room. Not everybody, like a lot of introverts, like that would be their worst nightmare. Like now right. walk around and talk to people. No. <laughs> you and I would be in Snape's no, corner. No, that's right. Don't talk to me. We're wearing a black cloak. That's right. You can understand too how the system itself does attract a certain type of person mm. to it that maybe is not the most representative. Yeah. And that is one of the reasons Nevada was like, why are we letting New Hampshire and Iowa 
choose our candidates for us Mm -hmm. when Nevada is a much more diverse state. It has liberal sides of it. It has very conservative sides of it. It has racial diversity. It has, you know, a much broader cross-section of Americans Mm -hmm. in Nevada than live in Iowa. Again, no shade to Iowa. It is what it is, but it is also just true that it is 90% white and a certain income levels. All of this goes back to the conversation we were just having earlier today on an Instagram live about this desire to be known, like an even deeper thread than even the electoral college and which state is best to represent or which system is best to represent is this desire to be seen, this desire to matter. What you said at the top of the episode, which is they're not the first because they're most important. They're most important because they're first, right? It's like, let me do something that says I'm not a flyover state. Let me quote some country songs right now, really, <laughs> truly, like, which I love country. Um, any one of these arguments, you know, Rhode Island, mm-hmm. same thing, Iowa, same thing, West Virginia, Connecticut, any of us have this feeling of, do I matter in this bigger picture that is this government? Mm, such a good point. We all want to feel like we matter. Yeah. We all want to feel like we matter to our leaders. We all want to feel like we matter to each other. Mm. Yeah, And these are all just part of the larger conversations, but I really think it is so interesting that we have Iowa musical chairs because essentially because of the assassinations early in 1968, because Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King were assassinated. You can trace a direct line from Mm. that to the current Iowa caucus system. It's crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know what's interesting too, though? What's a really interesting point, and I think people listening can maybe feel this. What we've also underscored is in times of great unrest and, you know, just seeing horrific things we never could have imagined, the human heart craves a return to community. We crave a return to being with our people, being rooted where we are, and mattering and being seen. And I think that's really interesting too, that we see something so local and so participation based and so community based and so you know this is who we are as people have a direct line to times that were so divisive that's interesting it really yeah. is in january or february of 2024 which is literally right around the corner <laughs> yeah that meme of like 2022 right yeah. yes mm-hmm. um now everybody who's listening to this is going to have a hopefully a better understanding of how it works and why they are the way they are mm. and they're just fascinating to watch just they are literally in a gym walking around (laughs) and I came from a small town so I'm picturing little tootsie rolls just being thrown out like (laughs) come stand by me I have a giant bowl of Reese's peanut butter cups that's right so much better than their stupid tootsie rolls exactly there (laughs) so tell everybody about your new book that is coming out early next year Yeah. Dirt, like I mentioned at the top of the episode, is a love letter to the girl in the trailer for any of us who grew up with a story where we didn't have a lot. And this book, uh, launching April 5th, it's called Slow Growth Equals Strong Roots, which is also the subtitle of my podcast, The Mary Moran Show, which Sharon, you've been on. Everybody should come listen to that episode is a love letter to the girl after the trailer. This woman I lovingly refer to as the most put together woman in the room. This woman who would feel like before she walked into an Iowa gymnasium, she would have to have the right outfit and not a hair out of place. And and that to even be acceptable to have a voice in that room, she would have to become something else. 
Mm. It's a journey of me trying to give up gold stars and highlight reels to try to feel like I'm worthy because that trailer left a hole in my heart that said you're only as small as where you started. So they kind of go together. Slow growth equals strong roots coming out of the dirt. I love it. I'm excited to read it. Yes, I will yes. definitely get you a copy. Yes. And when will it be available for pre-order? You know, it's actually up there right now. We have not even like officially shown the cover. Or first time I'm saying the title out loud, you are getting the scoop exclusive. Very exciting. Um, but if you go on Amazon and search for Mary Morantz, both of them will come up. And so it's technically available right now. I'm definitely getting yeah. off of this podcast. I will <laughs> pre-order a copy. Oh, yay. Yay. Yes. Awesome. Thank you so much, Mary. I always love chatting with you. Yeah, you too. And just real quick, um, thebookdirt.com, if you check that out, mm. you can link from there to the podcast where you can check out Sharon's episode, grab a free chapter of that book if you want. You can mm. click over to Instagram from there or at Mary Moran. Send me a DM if you listen to this crazy episode where I learned so much stuff. <laughs> your podcast is absolutely a delight. I love the sound of your voice, by the way. <laughs> I always say my friends are like, if the writing thing doesn't work out, you can get a job reading nursery rhymes. <laughs> <laughs> you do have a very soothing voice. You really do. Thank you. I love it. <laughs> You're the best. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast. I am truly grateful for you. And I'm wondering if you could do me a quick favor. Would you be willing to follow or subscribe to this podcast or maybe leave me a rating or a review? Or if you're feeling extra generous, would you share this episode on your Instagram stories or with a friend? All of those things help podcasters out so much. I cannot wait to have another mind blown moment with you next episode. Thanks again for listening to the Sharon Says So podcast.